This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. On this episode of Orson Welles on the Air, we'll hear from the Orson Welles Radio Almanac, a short-lived series produced 13 episodes for CBS from January to July of 1944. This one features guest Dennis Day. It aired April 5th, 1944. Welcome, one and all, to the sign of the flying red horse. The makers of mobile gas and mobile oil bring you your radio almanac with Orson Welles. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Orson Welles. If you'll excuse me, I'd like to say just a word to our studio audience. Folks, I know our listeners won't mind if you interrupt this program occasionally for hearty laughter. You will, you will, I know you will. If you don't, I'll tell the OPA how you got here. Uh, a lot of our listeners, you know, a lot... <laughs> a lot of our listeners don't know that live people come to these broadcasts. That's where we get the expression, a live audience. A live or a studio audience is a group of people who are out apartment hunting and who just happen to be passing here when their feet hurt. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you don't spread this around, but uh, a cousin of mine on my mother's side has a brother-in-law who knows a girl who goes out with a fella who prints for rent signs. <laughs> and he's been mopping up lately with a little special he's got says no vacancies. Well, this fellow who prints signs tipped me off about an ad that was in the papers. Here it is. For rent, lovely ten-room furnished house, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, den, patio, swimming pool, lovely residential district, near transportation, $50 a month. Now, if anyone's interested, I'd be glad to give it to them after the broadcast. It appeared in the Los Angeles Times, April 3rd, 1934. <laughs> I uh, only mention this because I've been looking for a place myself. I nearly had a place yesterday. I answered all the questions. She asked me if I had any dogs or cats. I said no. She asked me if I had any children. I said no. And she said, good, let's keep it that way. <laughs> and I, I've heard folks say it's very simple to find a place to live out here if you know the why and wherefore. I don't know about the wherefore. I'm living at the why. <laughs> Then as I was until this morning. This morning I said to Gristlehorn, Gristlehorn is the man who takes care of my rabbits when I do a magic show. I said, Gristlehorn, uh, perhaps we'd better show you just what happened. Here we are at last, Mr. Wells. What page are you on? <laughs> well, thanks anyway, Lud Gluskin, for the lovely mood music. Oh, this is Lud Gluskin, everybody, looking bright and shiny. Just had his uh, head Simonized for Easter. <laughs> Gluskin, everybody. I think you might greet him. And now, <laughs> now back to the script. All right, Gristlehorn, you've just got to find an apartment for me. Well, what's wrong with the apartment you had last week? The one with all the modern improvements? Why, it even had an electric eye that opened the kitchen window. Yes, but one night the darn thing got nearsighted and opened the bathroom door. Was <laughs> I embarrassed? Standing there washing my bobby sock. <laughs> so it was, ladies and gentlemen. 
that Gristlehorn and I went apartment hunting. Just by chance, I happened to run out of gas, uh, mobile gas, uh, in front of a real estate office. And I opened the door, walked in and said, how do you do? I'd like to rent an apartment. I'd like to kiss Hedy Lamar, but where does that get us? <laughs> I don't know about you. It'd get me in quite a jam. Uh, how about houses? Do you have any houses to rent? Yes, here's something nice. Lovely ten-room furnished house, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, $50 a month. That sounds great. Where is it? 916 Elm Street, Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anything more convenient, say, uh, within walking distance of breakfast at Sardis? No, the last thing I had, I rented an hour ago. You wouldn't have wanted it. A broken-down clapboard shack I had in my hands for ten years. No plumbing, gas, lighting, and the roof leaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like to see that guy's face when he moves in. Yeah. <laughs> I got 200 a month for it. The fellow gave me a $50 bonus. <laughs> he did. Yeah, some sucker by the name of Grizzlehorn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we'd better go right on to the next scene. Well, here we are at last, Mr. Wells. Now, you finally got the right page, I think. Uh, well, Mr. Wells... Mr. He... Wells, here's the house. Well, that's your line. <laughs> We've both got the right page. Let's divvy up on the part. I'll play Wells. Here's the house, Mr. Wells. Wells. Here's the house. How do you like it? Looks like a hideout for Mrs. Pruneface. But, but Mr. Wells, the rental agent, assured me that this place was only 15 years old. 15 years old? Look at those two hearts carved on the porch. Well, that only means a couple of lovers, the spoonie. Yeah, but look what it says. John Smith, I love you. Signed, Pocahontas. <laughs> Let's go in. Did you see that, Gristlehorn? Oh, it was nothing, just a little mouse. A little mouse? It ran out with my suitcase. <laughs> Let's look the place over. What are those sawdust trails all over my front lawn? Oh, your next-door neighbor, Jack Benny, sprinkles that sawdust from his house to this house every morning. Oh, what for? He sends his termites over here for breakfast. <laughs> I wish he sent over a couple of his writers. Uh, I really shouldn't have said that. No, my writers work like beavers. As a matter of fact, two of them are beavers. <laughs> wish I could figure out which two. I'll talk to him. Get me Crestview 92911. Sprinkle sawdust over my... Hello? Most delicatessen? Will you please run around the corner and call Jack Benny the phone? <laughs> oh, he's there now? Thank you. Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Orson Wells, your new next-door neighbor. I wonder, could you lend me a lawnmower? Well, yes, it, it is necessary. You see, the grass is so high, your termites can't follow the sawdust trail. But then you send it right over? Yes, I understand. I understand. Twenty-five cents an hour. <laughs> Thank you. Say, Mr. Wells, just come over here and look at this master bedroom. The agent told me that this bed belonged to Whistler's mother. Let's see what it feels like. Hmm. Now I know why she always sits on that rocker. <laughs> Gristlehorn, this place depresses me. It's so dark and dreary. Well, at least you've got a roof over your head. Knock wood. <laughs> sunny in here, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. We could go on like this, ladies and gentlemen, but I think we'd better get on with the music while the sound effect man gets himself together. Music, jazz to be exact. Now, ladies and gentlemen, jazz isn't just brass and beat. Emphatically, it isn't what people usually call swing. Those of our listeners who are hearing real jazz for the first time 
from the all-star combination, which is a regular feature on this program, are advised to separate the different instruments by a conscious effort of the ear. You won't miss tonight's solo by Zooty Singleton, who is almost certainly the greatest drummer alive, but listen for Jimmy Noon's clarinet, Kid Ory's trombone, Muck Carey's trumpet, Bud Scott's guitar, Ed Garland's bass, and Buster Wilson's piano. The number is... That's a plenty. when you used to drive into a gas station and say, sort of careless, fill her up. Well, today you say, please, mister, give me what's coming to me and tear that coupon gently. Gasoline. Boy, it's a fabulous fluid these days. So now what matters most is mileage. Every gallon of your gasoline has got to spread the miles out thin as paper. That's where mobile gas comes in. Mobile gas, the nation's favorite. Mobile gas today is giving all the miles it gave in peacetime. All the miles you got in peacetime. In the making, mobile gas is balanced just so. It will make a ration coupon do its utmost. That's why mobile gas gets around, down to the store and out on the state road and heavy traffic, 
on your way to work. Try it. Try this mileage pack and gasoline. You know where to find it. At the sign of the Flying Red Horse. Yes, yes, what is it? There's a young man here who wants to see you. Excuse me, please. I have a lawnmower for Mr. Wells from Jack Benny. Sign here. Well, what do you know? It's Dennis Day. <laughs> Will somebody take this lawnmower off my back? Why, certainly. Thank you. Say, which one of you two is Orson Wells? <laughs> well, I'm Orson Wells. Glad to know you, kid. Well, here I am, ready to start. What do you want me to do? What do I want you to do? Yeah, don't you remember? You won me from Mr. Benny in a crap game. <laughs> oh, I did? I must have been using Rochester's dice. Uh, Dennis, how... I'm sorry I said that now. Sorry I said that about Rochester, and I'm sorry I said it. Dennis, how can you allow that man to make a chattel of you? How can you allow him to make a chattel of you to put you up on the auction block and to toy with your very life? Oh, you have no idea what a jerk I am. What's a chattel? Uh, well, uh, Dennis, you'd better start mowing the lawn. What? Me mow the lawn? Nothing doing. I'm a chattel. Well, uh... Gee, I hope it's not dirty. <laughs> Dennis, all I want you to do is to cut the grass. I'm sorry, Mr. Wells. I gotta go now. I've got a date. A date? What's a date, Dennis? After all, what is a woman? A rag, a bone, a hank of hair. No use. I gotta have a talk with this kid. Now, what I mean, Dennis, in Hollywood, beautiful girls are a dime a dozen If that's the ceiling price, I'll take eight cents worth Look, Dennis, if you do a good job on my lawn, I'll arrange a date for you You've heard of Betty Hutton, haven't you? Oh, sure I once worked in a picture with Betty Hutton She's a nice girl, very cooperative I like her attitude Her longitude is bad either Ooh, what he said Oh, come now, Dennis, really, you're old enough to be thinking about girls, settling down, getting married. Oh, I can't get married now. Why not? My mother hasn't finished shellacking my hope chest. <laughs> but, Mr. Wells, there's just one thing I'd like to ask Excuse you. Excuse me, Dennis, I was just looking up in that window. Where? Oh, not bad. I'll say. That's Mr. Benny, you know. <laughs> What'd you spoil it for? I'm nearsighted. Come on, Dennis, you mow the lawn now, and I promise you there'll be something in it for you. Really? What? All the gophers you find, you can keep. Oh, boy, you've got a deal, Mr. Wells. Good. Where's my secretary, Miss Grimmett? Here I am, here I am, Mr. Wells, and I'm quitting. Quitting? Oh, Miss Grimmett, you can't do this to me. You're the best secretary I ever had. I didn't want to be a secretary. You told me you'd get me in the movies. You promised me a part in your next picture. Well, Miss Grimmett, the feminine lead in my next production calls for... They're laughing at the thought that I'll have a next picture. <laughs> Well, Miss Grimmett. Miss Grimmett, the feminine lead in my next production calls for a, well, a young person. Really, Mr. Wells? There's nothing wrong with my figure. And it has been said that I have the face of a girl of 20. She's going to be awfully upset when she sees what you've done to her. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing, nothing at all, nothing at all. I was just uh, thinking maybe I can give you this part providing... You stay on as my secretary. Oh, Mr. Wells, I'm so happy. What is the part like? Well, here's the script. I'll go over it with you. You enact the role of a woman betrayed. Let's try the scene where the man returns. You hear his footsteps now. Go ahead. All right. Who's there? Oh, it's you. So you've come back. A lot you cared about me. I gave you my love, my kisses, my all. 
Yes, I've come... Now, wait a minute, Miss Grimmett. Do you have to talk through your left nostril? I'm creating a character, Mr. Wells. Does that sound dramatic or romantic? What you can about me. <laughs> I gave you my love. My kisses. My all. You sound like a female Fred Allen. I can't help it if I talk through one nostril. Neither can Fred Allen. Uh, yes, you can. Now try it. Try it again and give it to me with both barrels. Our marriage was a farce, a cruel jest. That's my line, I'm sorry. Don't change the subject. You took everything from me, my youth, my beauty. I never would have believed it. So I changed that much, have I? Oh, how could you go and leave me when I was expecting a baby? Now, please, Miss Grimmett, please. This man left you when you were expecting a baby. Read it that way. Not like you were expecting a floor mop from Bullock's basement. <laughs> Let me read it for you. Now, listen. Oh, Mr. Wells. Don't bother me now, Bristlehorn. Listen to me, Grimmett. How could you go and leave me when I was expecting... A baby. Master, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Get out of here. Get out of here, Gristle Orn. Look, Miss Grimmett, please. Please, the character you're playing is a vicious woman. You know, wild, mean, a troublemaker. Like the character of Iago in Othello. Now, go ahead. Let's hear you play it like Iago. I'll go to your mother. I'll tell your father. I'll shout it from the rooftop. I said Iago, not Umbriago. <laughs> now, this is the scene where you pull the gun on him and your father comes running out. Miss Grimmett, you've got to prove to me that you can play it convincingly. I'll be in the house. I must get this part. I just must. I'll show him I can play it convincingly. I'll just try it again. Who's there? Oh, it's you. So you come back. Who, oh, me? I always knew you'd come back. Where have you been? Right over here, mowing the lawn. Don't change the subject. You took everything from me. My youth, my beauty. I did? Look, I never saw you before in my life. I changed that much, have I? Oh, how could you go and leave me when I was expecting a baby? That's impossible. Mr. Benny says I'm not even married. <laughs> and besides... Besides, I'm a chattel. Oh, don't tell my mother. She's still mad at me for wearing her slacks. <laughs> Very well, then. Very well, then. I'll tell your father. Oh, you leave him alone. He's got enough trouble with my mother. Don't move. Oh, my goodness, a gun. I'll take care of you, you fiend, you. Lady, please, if you put a hole in Mr. Benny's lawnmower, I'll have to pay for it. Hey, hey, what's going on here? Father, father. Father? I hate him, I hate him. I tried to kill him. That's it, Miss Grimmett. Good. That's the way to play the part. So, young man, what have you got to say for yourself? She says we're married and got a baby and I don't even remember. <laughs> I worry about things like that. He was a wretch, Father. He always thought only of himself, telling me he loved me, while he went out with one chorus girl after another. It gets around, don't it? <laughs> Janet, we were just rehearsing a play. Nice work, Miss Grimmett. You've got the part. Thanks, Mr. Wells. You mean she's not your father and I haven't got a baby and I'm not married to her? Of course not, Dennis. Oh, shucks. Now I have to give back all the wedding presents. March 17th was St. Patrick's Day, Dennis, that broth of a boy, will now sing Bessime Mucho. Bessame, Bessame Mucho, 
Each time I cling to your kiss, I hear music divine. Me mucho. Hold me, my darling, and say that you'll always be mine. This joy is something new, my arms enfolding you. Never knew this thrill before. Whoever thought I'd be holding you close to me, whispering it's you I adore. Dearest one, if you should leave me, each little dream would take wing and my life would be through. Joy is something new, my arms enfolding you, never knew this thrill before, whoever thought I'd be holding you close to me, whispering it's you I adore, dearest one, if you should leave me. Each little dream would take wing and my life would be through. Sonne mucho, love me forever and make all my They need spring cleaning. Chances are they're corroded with rust, clogged with deposits, six months' worth. Now, that can slow up circulation, cause your engine to overheat, and waste your gasoline. Yes, I mean the pipes in your car's radiator. And they really need attention. <laughs> so do this. Drive a shortcut to your mobile gas dealer and have him flush that radiator clean with mobile radiator flush. Here's the product that really does the job. Mobile radiator flush scours every tiny tube. Scale and rust deposits loosen up and drain off easily. Your radiator will be clean as new. Then have that friendly mobile gas man pour in mobile hydrotone. One bottle works to stall off fresh corrosion for long months to come. Mobile radiator flush and mobile hydrotone. There's the team you want to keep your pipes, your radiator pipes, in good condition. So stop in, Dennis, at the sign of the flying red horse. Uh, thanks, Tom. John, are there? Uh, and thank you, Dick and Harry. Uh, Dennis, I, uh, I suppose you too use mobile gas? Oh, sure. I have a big bowl of it every morning with my grape nuts. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you very much for coming to see us. Hand for Dennis, please, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you for applauding again. I thank you for Dennis, and I thank you for me because I had to find my place. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you wrote us so many nice letters about the Shakespeare we did a few weeks back. Tonight, we're going to bring you a little more of the same. The play is Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, learning that his father has been murdered by his uncle, the present king, cannot decide how to expose his uncle's crimes. Strolling players have come to court, and Hamlet hears them rehearse a scene. The soliloquy Mr. Wells will read us now comes after their departure, when the young prince is left by himself in the throne room. Now I'm alone. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Is it not monstrous that this player here, but in a fiction, in a dream of passion, could force his soul so to his own conceit that from a working all his visage wan, tears in his eyes, distraction in suspect, a broken voice, and his whole function suiting with forms to his conceit, and offer nothing for Hecuba. What's Hecuba to him or he to Hecuba, that he should weep for her? What would he do had he the motive and the cue for passion that I have? Why, he would drown the stage with tears and cleave the general ear with horrid speech, make mad the guilty and appall the free, confound the ignorant, and amaze indeed the very faculties of eyes and ears. Yet I, a dull and muddy metal rascal, peak like John a dream, unpregnant of my cause, and can say nothing. No, not for a king, upon whose property and most dear life a damned defeat was made. Am I a coward? Who called me villain? Breaks my pate across. Plucks off my beard and throws it in my face. Tweaks me by the nose. Gives me the lie as deep as the throat. How does me this? Soon. I should take it. For it cannot be that I am pigeon-livered and lack gall to make oppression bitter. Or ere this, I should have fatted all the region kites with a slave's awful, bloody-bodied villain. Remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain. This is most brave, that I, the son of a dear father murdered, prompted to my revenge by heaven and hell, should, like a whore, unpack my heart with words and fall a-cursing like a very drab scullion. Firepot, 
Ha! About my brain. I have heard that guilty creatures sitting at a play have by the very cunning of the scene been struck so to the soul that presently they have proclaimed their malefactions for murder though it have no tongue will speak with most miraculous organ. I'll have these players play something like the murder of my father before mine uncle. I'll observe his looks. I'll tempt him to the quick. If he but blench, I know my course. The spirit that I've seen may be the devil. And the devil has power to assume a pleasing shape. Yes, and perhaps out of my weakness and my melancholy, abuses me to damn me. I'll have grounds more relative than this. Please, the thing. Wherein I'll catch the conscience. The king. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Time to say good night now. Speaking for all of us in the Mercury Theater and for our sponsors, the makers of mobile gas and mobile oil, I'd like to say, as always, that we remain, as always, obediently yours. The makers of mobile gas and mobile oil invite you to listen in next week, same time, same station, to your radio almanac. Mr. Wells' guest is Monty Woolley. Dennis Day appears in the courtesy of Jack Benny and is now starring in the RKO production Cocktails for Two. John McIntyre speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Orson Welles on the air for this week. Be back soon with more. In the meantime, you can find more Orson Welles, more old-time radio at relicradio.com. There's also links there to our forum, shoutcast stream, and our donate button if you'd like to help keep it all going. Thank you very much to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you again soon with another episode of Orson Welles on the Air. Orson Welles on the Air is produced by and for relicradio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited. <laughs>